Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back back on on the Broomstick. Welcome to Back on the Broomstick. I'm Layla. And I'm Shell. And today we're going to be talking about all things summer, summer magic, litha, summer solstice, long, long days. I want to start out with why is litha like the forgotten holiday? People skip over it. Our old community, like I feel like one of the least attended rituals. What's up with Litha being the back burner holiday? I got two reasons for you. Oh boy. (laughs) The first one is super easy. It's the first summer month of the year. Everybody's out and about, school's out, people have plans, everyone's going to festivals, music festivals, pagan festivals, all of the above. And so they're busy. People are busy in June. Well, I hear you a little bit, but okay. What's your be- what's your better reason? My better reason, well, I don't know if it's better, but the second reason I think is because Litha is like we have the whole wheel of the year and you have your high holidays. You've got Beltane and Samhain and Imbolc and Lamas and, you know, your big holidays. The solstices aren't really historically even weren't even that big of a deal. They were celebrated and they were noticed. But Litha itself didn't really become a holiday until, you know, you've got, um, oh, shoot, uh, Murray, Margaret Murray writing, you know, the witch cult of Western Europe. You know, that's the first time it was seen. All of the times they were looking into the hereditary witches of England. That's when it kind of started becoming a thing. I believe Litha itself is just the old name for June. I was actually thinking more of the movie, A Midnight, uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> and like, that's my vision of Litha is that, that, I don't know. I just feel like it's like the forgotten one. You're not wrong. Maybe it's because the opposite is the winter solstice, which is so heavily tied with, you know, the Yule Christmas season. And so it seems like a bigger deal. And Litha's just like, meh, I had plans that weekend. It might be. And I know for our old community and our old coven in particular, this was the time of year when a lot of pagan festivals really got underway. There's fairy festivals and pagan festivals from June till August. And so people were gone. And I I can remember many, many a festival getting out to the land where we would all meet to camp. And there's just a handful of people there. The grass is long, the crickets are chirping, the fireflies are all around. And there's maybe a dozen people. Well, that's the thing. You know, you could have 200 people at Beltane and then Litha. You're you're lucky if you got 30 people. Oh, gosh, that would be a big one if there were 30 people there. (laughs) (laughs) And most of the time, the person who had called that ritual, who had called that holiday to run it, half the time didn't show up. And so it would be left to the people who did show up to create that ritual on the fly. And honestly, I loved some of those. I loved that summer laid back feeling, those first warm nights of camping. And we're all kind of sitting in that overgrown field with the lush grass, trying to come up with a last minute celebration for this season of laziness, of fullness, of waiting. 
Well, and as a summer lover, because, you know, I love I, I love being warm way more than I love being cold. Um, it's the longest day, the winter solstice. Okay, it's the longest night. You expect that in December. But this is the longest day. Like, it is light here in the northeast of the United States until like, geez, what, almost nine o'clock at night? Like, I love that. I love that. And, you know, Litha is supposed to mark like the epic peak of the sun's power, that sun energy for the growing season. Yeah, it's when the god is at his height. You know, there's so much daylight and so much sun. Like you said, the growing season, it's all about giving that strength to the growing things. Now, I see all this stuff on TikTok. You know, I always like to go back to TikTok. I uh, I see all this stuff where, where some of these newer pagan folk, new witches, think that like, if I don't do this on June 21st, strike me down. Well, the thing is about the solstices is it's not always on the 21st. And that's, you know, same thing with the winter solstice. It can be like, what, the 21st to the 23rd? Is that it's right? Like the 20th to the 22nd, roughly. Yeah, Something astrological, to that effect. Yeah, astrologically, it can occur on any of those days, depending on if there was a leap year, you know, depending on where we're at in the cycle. Litha can occur 20th, 21st, and 22nd. And historically, again, because this was one of the lesser celebrated Sabbaths, they didn't have a set date for it. In different countries and different cultures, the summer solstice could be celebrated all throughout that week or or throughout this time period. So Litha itself is one of the ones where you really don't have to worry about celebrating an exactly astrological solstice. You can celebrate it pretty much any time in June. Yeah. And also you got to factor in the fact that our society follows the Gregorian calendar and there is like a little slight difference between that and the actual rate of the earth's rotation of the sun so you know there's that little detail but yeah within those couple of days and nothing like a leap year to throw off your solstice days (laughs) right you know how many times have we celebrated the solstice on like june 24th like it happens it happens it's okay yeah gods understand no one's striking you down Right. And and like on this year, I think the solstice is on a Tuesday or something. Who has time to go out? Like I work that day. Exactly. <laughs> and so celebrating it the weekend before, the weekend after, very common, certainly okay. If you're doing high magic or something that requires specific timing, that's entirely different. But most witches and pagan practices, it's more the feeling. Summer has started. And for us, the summer solstice is the official start, but honestly, it's it's been going on for a minute. And from the beginning of June, we've all kind of felt that summery feeling. So we can really celebrate it anytime. But, you know, as far as different magical things you can do around this time, most people, even here in the Northeast, actually, um, we could actually start kind of planting little things, not big things, but like herbs and stuff early to mid-May. So at this point, you can start harvesting some of those herbs. Like I've actually got some white sage growing outside. And then, you know, I got kitty cats. So I got the catnip growing too. But, you know, I'll go out and start plucking those, um, jarring them up, drying them out and using them for other things. So it's also kind of a, I don't want to say a good time to start toying with harvesting, but at least herbs. Yeah. This is literally and figuratively a time of abundance, a time to enjoy the work that you have done. 
you're just starting to glean those very first beginnings of harvest from the plants that you've sown, whether it's magical seeds that you've sown in the spring or whether it's literal seeds that you've sown, the energy of the sun of the Oak King growing, it's that strength, it's that life. And now is the time to revel in it, to roll around in the grass, to pick the flowers, to to grab those first tomatoes that are just starting to ripen. Dandelion crowns. Dandelion <laughs> crowns. There's less work to do right now. Now is the time to kind of look at where you've come from the spring, see if things are growing the way that you want them to, and continue on that path and to feel that energy of the God, to feel that life coursing through you. I mean, who doesn't love to go outside and to feel those first rays of sunshine, especially on a festival, like coming out of a tent after being freezing all night long and then feeling that sunlight on your body? Wonderful. But there's, I mean, this is also as far as like kind of some, a little mythology, when the battle of the Holly King and the Oak King, which we actually did a passion play ritual. Super fun. I was thinking about the same exact thing. We had two of our coven mates, one play the Oak King who rules the land from Yule as he grows stronger until Litha when he is at the height of his power. And he battles the Holly King who rules the dark half of the year from Litha. Summer solstice. Summer solstice to winter, winter solstice. solstice. So, you know, that that's also definitely something that if you're kind of interested in, in especially Celtic mythology, check out the legend of the Oak King and the Holly King and in the uh, seasonal battle between them. Fun story, I think, anyway. That was an epic ritual. We had our coven mate uh, play the goddess, the pregnant goddess. And the Oak King and the Holly King battled because she was transitioning from that young, carefree woman who wanted the younger God. Now she needs that stronger, steadier energy, the, that energy where she can have a child with him and feel safe and secure and, and in a partnership and go forward. So he needed to change and grow up. And it was that it's that kind of energy that we're that we're dealing with right now. It's the fullness and ripeness of that God energy. Also, another thing I've noticed about Litha over the years, it is damn hand fasting season. Oh, yeah. Pretty much Beltane and Litha are like hand fasting central. So that's kind of a biggie this time of year as well with with a lot of folks and their Litha celebrations. Everybody likes to get married in the spring. You know, life is abundant and, and all of those signs of growth and prosperity and love and abundance are all around in the spring. And especially and now in Litha, the beginning of summer, it, it's a perfect time to get married. The weather is beautiful. The flowers are gorgeous. And it just represents that strength of a relationship and that strength of life and of growing. Now, what celebration is complete? without mass quantities of food. Litha's a good time, I think, to barbecue because you want to honor that fire and the energy of the sun. Crank out the grill, man. <laughs> food is a big part of any pagan festival. Go to any festival, you will always find cakes and ale. It's you know, you'll see it listed as cakes and ale for after the ritual or, you know, the the bread feast or the or you know, some type of feast is always included. All I can think of is the run fair where you eat the big turkey legs by hand, the big drumstick turkey legs. 
you know, this is this is also one of those um, those fire celebrating holidays as well. In old England, what would they do? They would light the wagon wheels on fire and roll them down the mountainside to the water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, I've heard that. Litha is a time to celebrate the fae folk, the fairies, the she. And we have had several rituals where we worked with the fae, with Queen Mab. But be careful working with the fae folks, because that's some tricky territory. You are better off fucking around and finding out with a Ouija board than you are with the <laughs> fae. Okay, just saying. That is elemental energy at its finest. The fae energy, fairy energy this time of year is... Abundant. Abundant. It's capricious. <laughs> it's alive. It's that feeling you get when you're walking along a path on a full moon night in the middle of summer with fireflies, fireflies. everywhere. Yep. Maybe some of those gorgeous candles hanging in the trees and, you know, there's romance and love and the air is just sultry with flowers. You know, it just feels like life and happiness and love. And the Fae are all about at that time. And they're, that energy is very, very strong. But they can be kind of tricksters. They absolutely can. This is a great time of year to leave offerings out to them, to the to the energies of your land, maybe the elementals that reside where you do, to the fae that you might work with. Another fun thing is to actually do a fairy altar. Um, have a cute little fairy altar somewhere outside. We've done it at the base of a tree before, kind of on a heap of rocks before. Um, but a cute little fairy altar, always a good time. And you always want to leave them offerings. That lessens the whole trickster thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's different types of fae. If you if you ever are interested in looking into the fae, maybe we should do an episode on the she because there's a lot there. And leaving an offering is usually a good idea little bit of milk, maybe a little bit of food, maybe some flowers, maybe something, one of the first fruits from your harvest, maybe something from your garden itself is always an excellent offering to any energies of the land around you or any deities that you work with, especially this time of year. You know, I just wanted to add in here, I cracked open the old book of shadows, the OG book, and I just wanted to share a chant that we used to use. I'm not singing it, people, so don't get worked up. I'm just going to say it. But this is a good one. And I know you may have, this may have kind of slipped the forefront of your mind. But when I say it, you're going to be like, oh my God, I remember that. A good Litha chant that we used to use is, we are the old people. We are the new people. We are the same people stronger than before. And I don't know, I feel like this is a good time of year for that to be relevant because the sun, I don't know, for me personally, the sun makes me feel stronger. And, and when you're out in the sun, you kind of, it's almost like you're recharging your batteries and you're trying to recharge as much as you can before that literal dark period, you know, end of October, November, December through February and stuff. I kind of get that, you know, we are the old people, but we are the new people. We're still the same people. And that, that energy is making us stronger than before. We are the old people. We are the new people. We are the same people stronger than before. I forgot the clap. <laughs> and then you started over. I love that chant. Those are great. And, you know, generally, um, that is a good chant. And if you if if you are so inclined, we generally did it in, what, either three, six, or nine verses. Oh, yes, man. The three, six, and nine, those magical numbers. Another thing we should do an episode about, because that has come up for me a lot today. 
The world will implode if you do that chant four times. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just Gotta kidding. Gotta do it three, six, or nine. It's into <laughs> magical geometry and Triskelions and the, the rule of three and the, the triple goddess and all sorts of things come back to three, six, and nine. Magical numbers. But anyway. Yeah, and there, there's definitely something to be said for, you know, when you when you say things in, in that, it's not just the numbers being significant, but, you know, saying something once you're just kind of putting it out there. When you've said something three times or more, you're kind of cementing that out to the universe. And also within yourself, your subconscious really likes repetition. And right. like you said, if you say it once, you're just kind of saying it. If right. you say it a second time, your brain pays attention. That third time, it remembers. It yeah. It sticks. Yeah. But the same with the universe. You know, the first time, yeah, you said it. The second time, I hear you. <laughs> the third time, they're listening. Exactly. As within, so without. I love that. That's, that's absolutely. That's awesome. And some of my favorite litha rituals and spells to do have to do with honoring that fullness, have to, that bounty that's all around us right now. Your altar should have flowers on it. It should have fruit on it, honey, abundant things, pinwheels, things that smell pretty, circles, things that are a circle. Like you said, they would light the wheels on fire and roll them down the hill. It's the cyclical nature of things that we're celebrating right now. You know, it's also a fun time to do beach magic. If you are into sea witchery or ocean magic, this is a fun time to do that because, well, you know, it's June. Don't you want to go to the beach anyway? You're there. You know, also while you're there, don't forget to do things like grab your bottle of seawater for later. You know, grab a bottle of sand to use for, for magical workings later. Look for sea glass. The shells or the driftwood, you know, you're there having a good time. Do a little magical stuff while you're there. So beach work is a good, is ocean work, um, sea witchery. This is a good time for that. Now, I know you and I are both big time beach witches. We love, oh, we love to go beach. to the beach. We love the ocean. <laughs> we love the lake. We love the beach. I wouldn't go so far as to say we're sea witches, but close. <laughs> we're working on it. We're working on it. But one of the things about Litha is it is a celebration of fire and water. And what right. better way to celebrate that than on the beach on a hot day? There is no more perfect representation of fire and water than that hot sand and the ocean right there. Actually, I was thinking of it more because we, you know, we were upstate New York, a little more landlocked, out at the lake all day and then by the campfire all night. Exactly, exactly. And that's yet another way to honor that fire element while still honoring the water. It's that balance, the yin yang that's so prevalent this time of year. And you know, while you're sitting on the beach getting your tan, you can be doing a meditation. You know, you can be doing some sort of ritual work while you're just mm -hmm. chilling, getting the tan. It's definitely a fun, a fun time this year, this time of year, I think. But again, I'm a summer lover. Oh, I am too. We do not do well with the cold. I love the sun. I love the longer days. I loved these summer rituals. It, people's creativity came out when it was last minute and it was smaller groups. We had a lot of fun with it. I feel like there's more magic in the air this time there of year. It was. It, it just feels like it's floating around you. I mean, look at the cottonwood, the dandelion seeds floating in the air. There's butterflies and birds. It just feels like the very air itself is filled with Just makes with me want to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> but while, while you're walking around not having an allergic reaction, 
you can kind of feel that energy in the air. It just, it feels very abundant, that God energy. You know, it's after the sun goes down, you can still feel the warmth radiating up out of the pavement. You know, that energy is potent. It's very strong. It likes to stick around. And so this is an excellent time to charge things. You know how we charge things on the full moon. You can also charge things this time of year with the sun energy. Put it out before the 21st. As the sun grows stronger up to that culmination of his strongest point, any tools that you have, crystals, any herbs that you want to charge, dry them under that sun. Let it absorb that energy while it's growing. And, you know, again, you can collect your your sand and your beach water on your beach trips, and then you can take those back and uh, utilize those things to cleanse your crystals and such. Because, you know, there are crystals that you don't want to be laying in salt. Again, there are crystals you don't want to be getting all watery either. And there's crystals you don't want direct sunlight on either. (laughs) Right. Sand is a good cleansing alternative to salt. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. You don't see that advertised much out there. But sand is a perfect alternative to salt. And it's less erosive and corrosive to things. Oh, yeah. I love sand, especially... We've talked before about how we used to do um, salt circles. In particular, I used to do one on my roof when I was a kid. (laughs) But (laughs) salt is not something that you want to put on the ground. It it will kill the plants. You know, a little bit of salt that you're sprinkling is probably not going to hurt anything, but why take the chance? Doing a sand circle, if you actually want to physically draw a circle with something, sand is an excellent substitution for that because then you know you're not going to be killing your grass or your garden. And just a little PSA, please be reminded that ocean water has salt in it. Good point. Very good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard a cool thing about fairies, actually. Oh, do tell. I remember one legend from when I was a kid is I heard that if you look between the ears of a cat, you could see fairies. Old wives' tales said that if you see like a cat staring at something that's invisible, Look between their ears at what they're looking at and you'll be able to see the fairy. Oh, wow. I've never heard that. The other one I heard is if you take fern seeds and rub them on your eyelids, that will give you the sight to be able to see fairies on Litha. I don't know about rubbing seeds on your eyeballs. I do not recommend this. But but supposedly an old witchy thing is if you rub fern seeds on your eyelids, you can see the fae. Interesting. I'm not going to try it. (laughs) (laughs) but even Shakespeare thought could feel the magic of Midsummer, a Midsummer Night's Dream and Puck and all the sex and love shenanigans that they get up to and that because it just it's a potent time of year you can feel it in the air as you're walking around why not harness some of that and do your workings for abundance and for joy and that kind of like I don't know. I always think of it as like the easy living time of year. You know, there's food right there. You don't have to work for it, really. Everything's just here. It's easy to camp because it's warm and comfortable. It just feels like the time of year you want to bottle up and keep. Why not literally put it in a spell jar or put it on your tools and, you know, use that energy in your crafting and in your magical workings right now to kind of bring that abundance into your life. You know, it's interesting about the cat thing with the fairies, because I had never heard that before. Totally makes sense, though. But the tie-in is, did you know that one of the litha goddesses, we'll call it, in air quotes, um, is Bast? I did not know that Bast. That kind of makes sense, because no offense, Bast, but cats like the sunlight and summertime. So I guess that kind of makes sense from that point of view. I mean, maybe it's just a me thing, but I always think of the green man. 
Um, I, I understand the Oat King, the Holly King, but this is also kind of a green man time of year, in my opinion. When we were talking about patron gods and goddesses, we talked a lot about goddesses because that seems to be a lot of where your and my focus is. Kernunos is a patron deity of mine, and he's just always kind of there. He's like the green man, the the forest god, the the representative of all things masculine and divine and godlike to me. He just kind of represents that that earthy green forest lord with the antlers right. and sunlight and you know and and so that forest god energy like you said it doesn't have to be the oak king and the holly king it can just be the personification of the green man or kernunos or the god of the wood that also sticks out very much to me this time of year as well but lots of different like i said lots of different things you can do like with it being an herb a good herb growing time that turns into a good herb drying time Nothing cooler than taking like, I can't remember how many you need. I'd have to lay it out in my head to know, but kind of making like a little pentacle out of sticks and tying some of your bundles of of fresh herbs to it, hanging it and letting those herbs dry. Super cute. Nice activity for this this time of year. My youngest daughter is an herb witch and she loves to plant and to dry her herbs. And I'm going to tell her about that because making a little pentacle and then hanging your herbs from that. How cute is that? We got to hang it from something, right? But, and this is the perfect time of year to put them out there. I mean, not that you couldn't dry your herbs in July and August. You absolutely can. But just the, the potency of the sun energy right now is so strong. You know, this makes it a good magical time to do that. Another fun thing to do this, this time of year for Litha, I used to actually do this with my kids We'd call it magic potion. We'd make magic potion. You know how you can get those big containers that you can make like lemonade or or what have you in? Yeah. Um, Slicing up the lemons, slicing up oranges, and just throwing a ton of whatever fruit, you know, whatever we had at the moment. Who knows what we were going to hodgepodge at the time. Putting that out in the sun. Kind of like how you do the sun tea. But this was all with fruit. It wasn't a tea, really. And, you know, hey, hit with the kids, throw some sugar in when you're done. Boom. Another really good craft, if you're into being crafty, is flower crowns. Flowers and everything are so abundant this time of year. You were always a flower crown master. Yeah, I do love the flower crowns. And uh, being able to weave those together with flowers that you have grown or that you've picked up at your farmer's market or at your corner farmer store, if you're lucky enough to have a farm stand and, and weaving those together, it's not that hard to do. And you can make beautiful crowns to wear for your litha celebration and then to let dry and have be a beautiful decoration or a, a crown that you can wear at a future ritual. Especially if you use those flowers in your ritual as you're celebrating and then weave that into a crown with intention. Weaving things is a form of binding spell. Take your flowers that have already been part of your working and have gathered that energy and then weave them as you're chanting a spell or as you're thinking of your intention, whatever you happen to want it to be, and weave that crown together. Now, every time you wear it, every time you look at it, it will reenact and renew that energy and hopefully help to move your spell forward. Um, Actually, what I've done is I've made them at Litha and then burned them in the Lamas fire. Yes, that is another fabulous way to release that energy. You can also uh, keep it from Litha till Yule if you want to, or Litha till Samhain. I love what you just said there, Shell, because charging these crowns with this energy and then seeing it every day until the next ritual and then intentionally burning it and offering that crown, 
releases that energy in yet another way. And if you want to go even further, you can take the ashes from that crown and add it to your salt and make black salt. And now you've got black salt that's protective and charged with whatever you charge that crown with as well. So there's lots of different ways to complete that ritual, to offer that energy back to the universe, and then to continue using it in a very magical way. I think uh, one thing I, I also want to point out about this particular Sabbath is it's kind of the take it easy one. Um, because we are gearing up for the, the next Sabbath is harvest season and it's celebrating the beginning of work. <laughs> are we really? <laughs> or are we celebrating the end of school and the beginning of easy street summer and pretending that we don't see we're the grasshopper in this situation? We're pretending that the cold season is not coming. Right. But this is our last chance to kind of enjoy with nothing behind us and nothing ahead of us. Because once yeah. we hit Lamas, we're celebrating getting back to work at that point. That's right. Then the harvest festivals begin. And yeah, back to work we go. And, you know, on a, on a kind of a spiritual angle, you know, the summer is more carefree and jolly and chipper, whereas those dark winter months are more introspective and shadow work and draining and taxing on your soul. So this is the time to just let your soul be carefree. And they really are. Like how many times, how many rituals, Shell, can you remember sitting on that land around a fire in the camping field and just the laughter ringing out across that field at night, either before or after ritual? Absolutely. But you don't get those same giggles in the dead of winter. No, no, you don't. <laughs> Everyone's bundled up in their cloaks and their boots and huddling really close to the fire. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm cold. But it, it's lazy and it's warm and it's comfortable and everyone's happy and passing around food and mead and yeah, mead yeah. and maybe a little cannabis and we're having a good time and and everyone's comfortable enjoying that abundance and enjoying that growing energy that, like you said, it, it's a time to relax, to chill, to be with friends, to have a barbecue, to weave a flower crown, to leave an offering out for the Fae, and just to enjoy the freaking stars at night. You know, it, it's just a beautiful time of year to celebrate being alive and, and being in the middle of all this abundance that sometimes we take advantage of or we- Don't pay attention. Yeah, we just don't pay enough attention to it, you know? You know, sometimes life passes you by, but it's the little things. Like I said, if nothing else, if you're going to the beach in the next couple of weeks, take a minute. That's all right. Take a Count minute. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. And gratitude. Have grat. This is an excellent time of year to have gratitude. It's easy. They've shown, scientific studies have shown that people who express their gratitude are happier and have less stress and so take a second if you can and, and count your blessings and say something that you're grateful for. Even if it's just standing outside in the sun and like, I am fucking grateful it's not winter. <laughs> yeah, be, just, just be kind. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people. Yeah, be kind. Feel that warmth in your soul and just let it light somebody else up. You know, be kind to you and be kind to everyone around you right now. Because we all need it. And, you know, just as much as the moon can energize you and recharge you and do all those feels type things, the sun does too. And I think the sun gets a bad rap. 
you know, the sun is just as magical as the moon is magical. They're the yin and the yang. You can't have one without the other, um, at least in this world. So celebrate the sun because we put a lot of focus on celebrating the moon. And this is a good time to just sit back and celebrate the sun. I love that. Real quick, before we get into a whole nother topic, we do tend to neglect the sun and the God a lot, I think, in this religion. Maybe it's a backlash because a lot of people come to this religion from God-centered, you know, from very patriarchal religions. And so right. we do have a tendency maybe to overcompensate by paying attention to the goddess. But we all have duality within us. You know, we need both of those. You need the sun. You need the moon. You know, we need men. We need women. You know, everyone in between. We need all of it. The takeaway, I think, the biggest takeaway is... Go out and celebrate the sun. Go out and celebrate the fun and celebrate the longest day and the shortest night. Be carefree because in the next notch on the wheel, we're celebrating going back to work, folks. It is true. <laughs> that inner work and that outer work. <laughs> so celebrate the, the sun at its zenith, that extra strength, that abundance, that warmth in your life, the easy times right now. Because like Shell said, work is right around the corner and you can't have one without the other. So if we're going to go to work, you might as well play just as hard. Happy Litha, everyone. Happy Litha. And we hope that you have a wonderful longest day of the year. Thank you so much for joining us on Back on the Broomstick. Please join us next week and Friday as we bring you yet another episode. I think we're talking about herbs next week. So we're going to get into all things herby and incense and potions. Oh, I'm so excited. This is my forte here. So I'm super excited for this next episode. Well, Shell, you have always been an herbal witch. So I know you're very much looking forward to this. And I am too, because I always enjoy learning something new from you. And we're going to have a good time with it next week. But tune in next week. And as always, email all your questions, your tips, your comments to backonthebroomstick at gmail.com. Please, please, please give us a rating, throw us some stars, like, review, helps the show get out to new people and, you know, makes us smile. So we appreciate you. Thank you guys and keep it witchy. Blessed be.